0: You control your part and you have to do your part as best as you can, as long as you can. If it's in you. The rest is other talent. If you have a talent for relationship, if you have a talent to write about, if you have a talent to talk about it, but it's nothing to do with the making of it. The making of it you research, you apply, you mistake, you do it again, you recognize, you have a little help from some friends. <laughs>
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Blissfully Aware, a podcast about rooting into purpose and exploring ways of creating a positive impact through strategy and design thinking. I'm your host, Iwana Friedman. On today's episode, we're going to discuss openness with Luciano Folletti. Luciano is a commercial photographer in the fashion and still life space in New York, and he spent more than a decade, sometimes two, developing personal art projects. So we're going to take a closer look at how Being intentionally receptive leads to wonderful things like experimentation and happy accidents and learning and just a sense of genuine connection with our environment and each other. Okay, let's make a show. (laughs) Luciano, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here.
0: Thank you, my pleasure.
1: Let's introduce what your craft is and how you came to it.
0: Okay, hi. I was born and raised in Brazil. I uh, moved to the U.S. in um, 1999 for school and uh, ended up finding a job and staying here. Uh, but when I was young, I would never had this, I want to be a photographer, I want to take pictures or things like that. I was later, I was already in college for architecture and, and I start more and more taking the photography part, picture of the buildings, and I thought it was a nat- natural thing for me. In Brazil back then was one school that I knew that they had the photography and then I decided to come to the US to go to SVA and then uh, later ICP, one thing led to another and decided to stay here. I was in a commercial, still life and fashion part of photography, but it was good to ha- always have a project on the side without any pretensions of oh this is art or this is this this is my expression it's just something that i had to do for my own sanity like Mm -hmm. just to take the camera out in the street but my goal was always to be in a commercial part of photography doing fashion and a little bit of still life photography I was never very interested in the art part. The commercial was hard enough, like, right, just to be, to be able to get it. <laughs>
1: How did it crystallize for you that you wanted to take on other projects you mentioned for your own sanity? <laughs>
0: what was that like? It's probably different for every everyone. Like, for me, it's, it's things that I do. I just, I do it because I have to do it. It's not a thought like, oh, okay, um, this will help me with that. No, it's just those things present itself. So-called projects show up in front of me and they take form. Like, for instance, my first project, I was like 10 years taking pictures of viewboards and posters and things in New York. Things that I it, the architectures and fashion and the interaction to it, but Later, I start looking at those negatives. I just found that project and then I started develop that idea, but was already there. like I had to select inside a bigger uh, universe of things that I was doing. They present themselves and then you start responding to it. The idea is more natural comes from the outside in and then I pay more attention and then I can explore that idea. after I recognize there was something there, I start, looking for other places and other interactions that uh will make those first things more solid it doesn't
1: start with you
0: those things just boom hits my face and i need need to (laughs) i need to okay maybe i need to to pay more attention to this and sometimes oh, there's something here
1: i love that visual of an idea of finding you yeah as if the idea has a life of its own. It's already I, I think out there. I, I, think, I think so.
0: I think that it's out there or at least your work is to recognize it. events is never easy and, and I like to work a long time, 10 years, 15 years, sometimes in parallels.
1: How do you collect feedback um, and from whom?
0: Different times with different people, right? I never like to work together in a Producing of it, when I'm making of it, I like to do it by myself. Is an uh, editing of it that I try to use some sort of different point of view because you're too close to the whole thing, and maybe you're not seeing. Okay, this has a different value. But even in that point, even the people that you respect, you should, like, at some point, say like, no, 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 there's something here. You have to stick to it. But in the beginning, when You are still in the process of selecting for uh, some intrinsic value, at least for a couple people, and sit with the thing again. And you defend your own work sometimes. I mean, it's like you have to feel it. It's just about there's something bigger, or this person's not seeing it, what I'm seeing here. And maybe you're just crazy and just seeing things that's not there. But if you keep working it, you can actually maybe make it more clear. Hmm. Everything. Is it so,
1: important to you that other people see what you see in your work?
0: Uh, not anymore, because I think it's basically impossible. Ah, talk a little
1: more about that.
0: Yeah, I think that we are different. Different people see different things and it's about the connections if you can have your connection with the object the film the music it's about your connection if it's yours and it could be so personal no one else could understand i'm not too worried about this anymore it depends where you're going with your work if you go to sell your work that's a problem you need to connect to as many people as possible sometimes people connect for reasons that you had no idea they try to explain what it is that they see in a work of like Wow, really? It's incredible, like, though. Right, really? You're like, great. You can learn from other people when they're honest and they actually connected to it. I think it's rare and not even necessary that people see what you see. Yeah.
1: If nobody sees the same thing, uh-huh. how do you work with the feedback?
0: That's a great a great question recently i had a chance to work with a very important uh, museum person when you can share the vision of something it's making more want to do more great but if you not then what i'm trying to do is step back and see what can i learn from that point of view because first of all i trust that person right there's no their own agenda their own motives and i try to learn what is there that i'm not seeing but i try to expand my vision of the thing itself Mm-hmm. That's how I, I see criticism that I basically don't understand. Like open mind, open heart. I believe that those people approach in the same way. It would be different if you go for it could be an art magazine. They said, "Oh, this, this, that." They see things that will help their vision or their collection, their product, right? But one there's not. There's no reason. It's just pure friendship or love in the sense of, "Okay, that's how I see it right now." And I step back and try to understand why I'm not seeing it that same way. Mm-hmm. And see if I can even change my point of view. But if I am still think that I'm right, I will stick to it. I'll work more on this and try to show better what I'm saying here.
1: Sharpen that expression, yeah. Of yeah, that idea. Maybe, maybe it's
0: just not clear for other people. If you can see so clear, but it's not. then it's your work to keep working. Like, I don't know if there is divine inspiration, any kind of inspiration. <laughs> I think there is... Sit, put your butt down, uh-huh. sit, and do the work, or go out and do the work. And more and more and more you do, more problems you have to solve. And you create your own problems. And this is the process problem for me, at least.
1: How many problems are you creating for yourself these days? <laughs> you, create, you create,
0: you can create silly problems, like project that I'm working right now that came out of 20 years of archive. I start moving the images around to make sense of this, organize the work in a way that I could find something. I create my own game in a sense of sometimes three, four, or five images have the same numbers. because. I use cameras so many times that the numbers were repeating. And I start seeing uh, relationships on those images. They are from different times, They are different years, different subjects from work, backstage or this or that or still life or personal projects. Anyway, I started seeing some relationship between them. could be a flower and a nude shot, could be a broken object, and something I just see image that worked well together as a two image or three image. And I start screen grab them and just make a little selection of them. But like I said, every project presents itself like this. I was not like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go look at all my image and start finding relationships. No. <laughs> and then I just kept doing this. And when I realized I had like literally thousands of images and... You create your own problems, right? Because my this relationship is not for images that I have. If for images that I have that share the same numbers, it means there's no artistic vision behind this. It's just there's no reason for those images other than they share the same number. And after a few months or a couple years doing that, I start printing those. That's very difficult because you have to go back, find the original image, work on this image, work on the next image, print them in a way that they are ready for if I want to present them anywhere. And then when they're there, that relationship might disappear. There's a problem of scale. I'm going to See if those images actually can retain those relationships between the colors, between the textures, between this movement that create. All those things has to be solved before you think, okay, this is ready to be put out there.
1: Yeah. How do you think you develop this ability to curate feedback?
0: What do you know what I mean? Like-
1: you mentioned a little bit earlier that there comes a point where you're like, yeah, no, I'm going to still, I believe what I believe. I'm still feeling this way about yeah. this body of work. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Have you always had that ability to come back to the center and say, no, like, this feels right to me? Or is this a skill that you've developed?
0: I think you have to be stubborn. <laughs> and, and, and what people call art should be an obsession, the way I see It, it is an obsession. It's something that you have to do. Mm-hmm. That would do it no matter what, in some shape or form, for any reason, right? Because make you happy, because make you see things different way, because make you able to deal with the other things in your life. If your obsession is to produce objects, images, or at some point, the making of it is the most important thing. And then if this is so important, you're going to stick to things that you think is important because it's just you feel like it's important. I don't know if you develop this. It's just like you say, well, and like I said, be open. You can actually at some point say like, listen, yeah, I pushed this and just was a failure. It's not, it's not <laughs> nothing there really. This is why sometimes you work on different things at the same time and you find a balance. And then sometimes, yeah, no matter how important the person who said, like, there's nothing here, it's like, well, there's nothing here for you. Right. You're not no. the audience. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some point will be or not, but you can control that. You control your process.
1: What are you working through right now? Aside from your yeah, your, no, this, your accidental trip Yeah, that's Accidental,
0: that's the latest thing there. Other than that, working with the student at RISD, that, Oh, it's great!
1: Yeah, for the people who um, don't know, so, you go up to RISD regularly. Yeah, RIS- Let's RISD, tell them what that's about. Yeah,
0: um, Lisa is the uh, head of the department of fashion. At RISD. Uh, we worked together on, on a book that she created a few years ago, and when she. Start working with Rizzi she invited me to join them in documenting certain projects that they do there and when you find someone with a talent that usually blows your mind if you want to be relevant in doing any work in fashion you need to be in contact with creative people, new people. Fashion is about new ideas and new ways to see and to wear and being exposed to those students changed me a lot. I became less strict on my own way to present things and to try to make them part of it, their ideas, because they're bringing something very intuitive. Usually, if they're good, they're good.
1: How often yeah. do you go up there?
0: Um, average a couple of times a month. Gwen is another teacher that, that last year, he started with self-discovering for the students. And they, this person who was an amazing makeup artist, and she did this monster kabuki thing. And uh, this excites me, because working more in a commercial, you can basically work what's safe or worked, where most people is accepted. And the students, they're not there yet. If they're good, they're pushing the boundary. And you have to go with them and make you different, hopefully better.
1: I love what you just said.
0: Yes. They didn't have enough time to develop the idea of it, they're just compelled to do it.
1: Yeah, so and you're documenting...
0: Documenting the close, the final project, the, the develop of different ideas. It's, it's a very difficult media. They have a lot of concerns about what's ethical, what's ecological, and they have to bring that they Still make it very interesting that it's a pleasure to photograph, to reinterpret it for them, to make them see again in a way that maybe even they didn't see it yet, because it's what it's all about. And the team, there, the teachers, and they're amazing, they're super creative.
1: Everybody I've ever met or worked with who's come out of RISD has been a dream.
0: There's something there. Yeah. It's not a big place, but you can see at least in the fashion department. That they do their best. They try to motivate. They bring things from the past and things that are happening right now and try to make them be the best version of what they can. They're surprising. I have fun. <laughs> That's the best kind of job, yeah.
1: I think the RISD portfolio is how I came to learn about your work. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah.
0: You did great thing presenting my work to people you work with.
1: Yeah, 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 because you've shot a lot of backstage, yeah, lot of backstage fashion yeah, stuff.
0: For, for, for years,
1: it's yeah. Beautiful. I'm going to give you a plug. Thank you. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. I can only imagine how chaotic Fashion Week backstage is. The images that you pull out of that (laughs) are just, firstly, super cool yeah they're like very discreet very defined moments within what i imagine as utter chaos <laughs> yeah, th- th-
0: there's the technique now, right what's you, your technique uh, you, there you use a long lens it means like you don't have to be too close to the person and you look for abandonment right people waiting for their makeup there's also beginning of fashion week it's different from the end of fashion week those girls are tired they really work <laughs> a lot some of the girls they start from 5 in the morning to 11 at night. And then there's a natural slowdown that I like to capture. It's like there's a different approach. You can approach for the crazy part of it. it. has to do with technique. It has to do with what you want to show. You learn, right? You learn where these people are. You learn what is the best time. You learn how to explore. And sometimes... It's easier when you work on big shows and big names. Believe it or not, it's easier to capture better things because even if there's more movement, there's more photographers, there's more cameras, there's more everything, there's also more quality quality people, quality products, quality of the makers. Even the simpler image is always the quality of elements that make the picture a special one, a memorable one.
1: Can you talk to me about what those elements are? Can you describe them?
0: When uh, you're going to photograph someone making a pizza, right? It would be better if the hands that's making a pizza is someone who actually knows the knowledge is in their hands because they will move in a way, they will prepare in a way that there's a quality of knowledge or your hands already uh, has intelligence to make it easier for you to photograph. You can ask someone to do it they're never done and you can kind of, you get that, oh yeah, it's, it's rude, but it's always something's going to miss because there is a knowledge of doing it in this particular case that almost changed your hand that's my approach, right, that's the reportage approach, but for anything if you can incorporate something real, something has a history, like in the backstage if you're going to take a picture of a makeup with a good makeup artist they prepare that person face in a way. The model who knows this person work will present themselves in a certain way. There's a respect, there is a, a knowledge that is easier for you to register, to take the picture. And say so you can take a beautiful, amazing picture of someone who pretending to do thing. Yes, you can, but then you're gonna have to use different elements. Like, oh, beautiful light, a beautiful light, beautiful you're gonna have to kind of masquerade some aspect of or the lack of through authenticity. authenticity, yes. Yeah, it's um,
1: like a recipe, right? You yeah. can have shit ingredients. Exactly. Or you can have great ingredients. One is going to be a crappy pizza, and the other (laughs) pizza is going to, you know, propel you to space. It's going to blow
0: your mind. The right people for you, the right material, it will make it better work, and and you can actually do this for a living. If you're not able to do this in a consistent way, you're not a professional. I'm talking about the editorial aspect of it, but even in personal work, I'll approach similar ways.
1: Who are your ideal clients?
0: Ideal clients?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Even back to the students, people that create things that you can understand the quality of it, you can understand the beauty of it. You do your best work with people that are more open and I had this uh, many years ago, I had this extension to do the backstage for Vogue Paris here in New York. And then from this work, for many years, I, I work only with the reportage approach, and I had the chance to work with a Brazilian magazine that took me to Paris to do what was not the time that Chanel was consolidating different ateliers. Basically, the idea, the creative director for the magazine said, listen, we're going to go and visit all those ateliers and deconstruct how they're making this dress and the making of the little pieces of it and the hats and the gloves that go for it. And then... In the end, show the picture of the runway. It was a beautiful idea. It was like a week-long thing, running of all the historical things in Paris. And you ask me, was the ideal client? <laughs> this is ideal. Uh, on where you see history, you see quality. You see you try to understand process. Even if it, those houses they are very savvy, very good, presenting themselves in certain way. Your job is to try to find your own way to extract that. And we had like, I don't know, 20 pages, 30 pages of hats and feathers and people who works in the an atelier and the models trying the clothes and fittings and to the makeup, the preparation, and then stay in front and take, I had the whole process that was quite amazing. That's I mean, so special. That was, yeah, and, and even the whole team behind the magazine lay out beautifully.
1: As I'm um, listening to you tell the story, mm-hmm. what comes to me is intimacy to be part of something at such a deep level where you're witnessing the process soup to nuts every person who's like touching this dress or this hat from point a to point z going on that journey with them is so special and then you get to appreciate it from a much deeper angle than if you were to just see the final product on a magazine page. No, it's,
0: it's, uh, yeah, being able to reportage. The process was quite amazing for me. And there was different thing going to New York City Ballet and photographing, then trying and learning from a new choreographer. All this process, all the it was experience talent experience history experience people try to do their best it's always for me always make my life easier from the students to the choreographer in new york
1: yeah and there's a whole other side of your work the flowers and the nudes you've just described a really like craftsmanship story does that play out in your other work and if it does how
0: they're all the same, all different, right? They approach similar, right? we have to approach with what you recognize in the backstage, for instance, that connection. A nude, the same way, you have to create some sort of connection. It's almost like a portrait. And there is a connection between that moment, the camera, the person. The person became vulnerable and became present different people they have a more formal approach right they are looking to create this connection through a formal pose you direct this person until this person it's out of the shelf and my approach comes from the backstage the chaos like I want to try to create a little bit of connection and you're right one thing informed the other for sure is evolution
1: as I'm listening to you another thing that's coming up is this idea of being receptive you've talked about having ideas come to you witnessing the backstage and letting it be what it is and then making a connection with people you're talking about being receptive to a person who's posing for you in a studio yeah i'm seeing a theme come (laughs) up being receptive and open but this
0: is photography you just described photography
1: I mean, look—you have David LaChapelle, who is not Maybe. observing as much as creating oh, yeah. a scene.
0: Let me rephrase it. Yeah. this is photography for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, I, I'm okay, learning yeah. that about yeah, you. Yeah, I
0: don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the right to say what is photography for anybody. But yeah, the photography for me is that: it's to be open, it's to be receptive, it's to connect. And sometimes photography other people that actually I respect so much is just a different thing. It's to irritate people, it's to make them. <laughs> like a see. Bruce Gildon yes, who to, like yells uh, at you yeah, on the street. To, to break you down, make you cry, whatever. I mean, you create different connections. It's hard. Using
1: that word breaking, it just sounds so violent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it is break your mask, especially yeah. when you work in an environment with a professional model. It's hard. Because they present themselves in a way for years. And they're very good at that. If you do commercial work, maybe what they present themselves is the best thing. Yeah, And it's easier for everybody if you just go with it. But if you talk about my editorial or the nudes that is a personal project too, I want something else. What I want to try to achieve is find a way in.
1: You're echoing what another friend, Stephanie Rooker, just said. On Uh, this very podcast, she came on... A few weeks ago she is um she's a sound therapist Uh and she's a vocalist and she works with a whole bunch of people from different areas of expertise and she says that oftentimes really established singers will Uh come to her because they have their technique down just Uh like a uh great model Uh has the technique down they know their best angle they know how to show up, you know, they know they need to be hydrated, whatever. Yeah. But they don't feel like they're being seen. Yeah. Because they're hiding behind the technique. Yeah. yeah the sure. mask is up. So it's actually quite a lonely experience for them because it's a performance, uh-huh. it's not a connection. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you just reminded me yeah, of that. No, I just no, wanted to point that just out.
0: she's completely right. You need to find your way in if I can call a successful photograph. The only judge of anything is time, right? If it's an important image or image that stays for a long time as relevant, it was a successful one, even if this person liked it or not. Because it's beyond this person too. It's beyond the photograph, beyond the subject, he has a life on his own.
1: I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound so woo-woo, <laughs> but I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> if we're looking at an image that has stood up for many years. It's because it shows that connection that we inherently are, that we are actually one.
0: And you can see it. You can look at an image and say, like, wow, it's something here. You don't necessarily need to know who took the picture, who's the, actually that person.
1: There's one image that haunts me <laughs> to yes, this that's day. That's the best thing. <laughs> um, when I worked at Magnum, I went through their archive oh, a lot. Messy, and I totally fell in love with Robert Kappa. Uh-huh the image of the falling soldier from the spanish civil war Uh i still think of it
0: that's amazing
1: and maybe it's like looking at that moment and being like holy crap like that's gonna happen to everybody in some way shape or form
0: yeah it's it's, it's so violent and so yeah it's so beautiful it's uh you can find beauty in many forms yeah i think Anyone could be happy if you have like a handful of images like that, maybe one image that would be great for your whole life, uh, even if you take 60 years. Of- you yeah. have to be
1: persistent. And cool, yeah. what, what's the word they used? Stubborn. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's the only way because the only the only part you really control. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> you control doing it. You control your part and you have to do your part as best as you can, as long as you can, uh, if it's in you. I used to believe that I had to do like for like 12 hours a day. You can do four hours a day, but still you have to create that space.
1: Mm, protect your time. Yeah,
0: the rest is other talent. If you have a talent for relationship, if you have a talent to write about, if you have a talent to talk about, but it's nothing to do with the making of it. The making of it, you research, you apply, you mistake, you do it again. You recognize, you have a little help from some friends. I used to love to go around the West Side in New York and take street photography of things there, but usually I walk the dog from my place and find something like that and I'd go back home, take the camera, go and try to see if that thing was what I thought. Mm-hmm. When I moved here, all this garbage, this dirty water, Oh, this thing that I love about New York, even this bad part of New York, uh, was not right here. Like, uh, the thing was pretty. I resist because I work with people before who took amazing picture flowers. So, like, oh, I'm not going to do this. I mean, it's done. It's done greatly. But it's, it's what's presenting to me. And then I was collecting those flowers, stealing from neighbors, maybe a few <laughs> from you. I don't
1: know. <laughs> That's uh, where our zinnias went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, can,
0: I can confess. But, yeah, it's still... And it, lately, we start planting those flowers <laughs> just to make sure that I will not get in trouble. Uh, and work on the things that I was presenting in this environment. And there was a process start out of frustration. I destroy one flower because it was, I was working with the dry flower. And then again, I found oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Then I start experimenting with different flowers being destroyed, and I create this sub series of destruction of delicate things because I understand that a good title is important to uh, <laughs> help help you to sell. And the other thing, I try not to work out of memory. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like, oh, I saw this. That's so great from so-and-so. Then let me try to recreate that. I try to avoid this. I could work out of memory of my own accidents,
1: I love that, your own accident. Yeah,
0: like everything, yeah.
1: That's gold, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Dig (laughs) deep. I think that's the theme (laughs) here. (laughs) Be stubborn.
1: (laughs) Be stubborn, dig deep, and make a connection. For all the pieces that you've mentioned, we're going to have a dedicated page on the website for this episode, and we'll display a few pieces from the signs project, from the RISD project, your flowers, so that the listeners can go back And look at all the pieces that you're referencing. (laughs)
0: That sounds good.
1: Beautiful. This was was a pleasure.
0: Such a fun time.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Blissfully Aware is produced by The Daring, a creative consultancy and transformation partner to purposeful entrepreneurs and organizations. Our theme music is by Ben Tyree and you can get in touch by emailing info at the daring.co. I'd love your feedback, your topic ideas, your guest ideas. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review so that other people in our cohort might find it. And I'll see you back here in two weeks. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs)